one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We are live now. Let me just get that hit. Got it. And there we are. Hi, everyone. Okay, so Dr. Sean Rice in the house. Um, Sean is a good friend of mine. I've known you for years. I used to write for your magazine. I've come and seen you a few times. I'm a super fan, and I cannot believe that you're taking time today um, to share your words of wisdom. Dr. Dr. Rice, you're a plastic surgeon. You deal with skin. Right. Um, you've seen it all. You are the yep. best of the best of what you do. Um, we've posted your bio. Hopefully, people have read it over. Um, hello. And How welcome. are you? Long time no see. You're looking amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get right into this conversation. People are losing weight. They're being successful yes. at it. Um, and, and they're concerned about their skin. And, and I was just saying to Sean, like if I took someone who has, has never dieted and done my program, chances are their skin issues would be lessened by the fact that you've lost weight in a healthy way and you kind of lose it in layers. But the reality is, is people have a history of dieting and they've gained and lost and gained and lost and gained and lost. And is there any hope for our skin? What we can can we do about it? So let's talk about skin and weight loss. What can we do to prevent excess skin while losing? Is there anything non-surgical that we can do? Well, there's so many things you can do for preventing uh, your, you know, think of, think of your skin as, as a, a kind of like a bridge structure, right? Okay. So you sort of see the skin on the outside and then underneath that is sort of a thick layer called the dermis. Then you get a bunch of fat and then there's muscle, but there's also these little bands that sort of connect your skin down to your muscle. Okay. So what happens is if you were, if you rapidly lose weight, you, you rapidly put on weight, you rapidly lose weight, those bands get stretched and then they're like an elastic band. They stretch and they don't come back. So really the theory is how can you sort of prevent those things from stretching? Yeah. And what can you do to kind of keep your skin looking good uh, throughout the ages, so to speak? Yeah. Is there anything we can do? What can yeah, we do? So, oh my God, there's so many things you can do. So, uh, you know, like you always want to start with the non-surgical side of things. You know, I am a surgeon, so, yeah. you know, sort of full disclosure. Yeah. But, and we're going to um, go there. We're going we're gonna to talk about surgical options because there are people who want to know. They want to have that. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's start with the non-surgical stuff along the way. What can we do while losing weight to, to kind of prevent too much damage being done. Yeah, I would say it comes down to think of it as multiple layers. Think of the first one is how do you protect your skin, right? Yeah. So let's just protect our skin from the environment. Typical things that we all know, the best thing you can do for your skin is sunscreen, bar none. Okay, so can we, that, that's, a, I have a whole list of all the questions. Sure. Sunscreen is I don't really, have any answers, but. Sunscreen is really low on the list. Yes. But since you brought it up, can we, is the, is the sunscreen that we're buying from the, from the pharmacy just as good? Um, or do we have, should we be going to see a, a skincare expert? Should we bought, should we be buying our, our, our sunscreen from someone like you is, and, and what about toxins and, and, and yeah. stuff added to them? Is, isn't that just as bad for our skin? Like yeah, what for are we sure. looking for when it comes to sunscreen? So let's talk about that. Yeah. So think of, think, you know, your skin is really the biggest organ in your body. Right? Yeah. And we don't really think of it that way, but really yeah. it's the barrier that kind of lets everything into our internal organs. And you wouldn't sort of just 
throw your liver into a vat of something and expect it to heal all right, right? Right, right. So, yeah. you know, so you want to do the same thing with your skin. Think of you need a good sunscreen that takes care of UVB and UVA rays, okay. right? Yeah. So those are basically one ray will hit the skin and bounce off. The other ray will penetrate into the skin. So it's the rays that sort of penetrate into the skin are the ones that are going to age your skin and give you the brown spots and the, the moles as you get older and all that kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you want to start off with a good sunscreen. Yeah. So sunscreen, sunscreens really fall into two categories. They can fall into um, kind of like a physical barrier sunscreen, and then they yeah. fall into a chemical sunscreen. Mm -hmm. So this is where the great debate goes on and on and on, right? So if you if you think of your skin as the biggest organ in your body, do you really want to smear it with a whole bunch of chemicals no. and let all those chemicals kind of seep into you? That's that's you know one side of the scale. Yeah. So those people will argue you need a physical barrier sunscreen. Mm. Right. So it's not going to penetrate your skin. It's not going to really alter anything. It's going to hit that, and bounce off. Wouldn't that be just like zinc? Can you just yeah, smear yeah. zinc all over zinc your oxide. body? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. But the problem with the zinc oxide is nobody wants to walk around with a big, you know, white nose and, and look like a geisha girl while you're walking around. Okay. All right. So, true. True, enough. Know, true enough. People true don't enough. want to do that, but that's no. really probably the best thing for you. Yeah. And then you get into the chemical side of it, right? So the chemical side is a really sort of sort of prevent those rays from bouncing down and then bouncing out again. So, you know, it really, it really comes down to what your philosophy on, do you want to go okay. chemical? Do you want to go pure physical? Probably pure physical defense is better than the chemical. Um, and then it's just a matter of picking a company that you um, do well with. You know, we use a lot of um, SkinCeuticals. I've, I'm, I'm like a pale Irishman descent, you know, I step outside and I, and I burn, I don't even tan. Yeah. So, same. Yeah. And a lot of those sunscreens will just irritate me and give me little rashes and stuff like that. So, so I tend to use ones um, like the SkinCeutical one I use all the time and yeah. I've never had an issue with it, but that's just me personally. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the SkinCeuticals myself. I've gotten a couple of products up for you. In fact, I'm giving, I'm doing, I do a big giveaway at the end of the program. I'm giving away this, awesome. the C-Frulac um, oh, as part of yeah. the giveaways because it's one of my favorites. But is yeah. it, do you get what you pay for? Like, it, you know, sh like if, like, do you get what you pay for? And, and if you yeah. can't afford the super expensive stuff, is there a specific ingredient that you would be looking for chemical wise? Um, yeah, know? I would say so, you know, it's debatable. Do you get what you pay for? Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can pay 500 bucks for a, a tube of cream and most of it is advertising. Right. So I, I would say that in the sunscreens, you kind of, you kind of go down that line of, you get what you pay for. So yeah. what you want to do is you just want to, uh, you know, think of the sunscreen is really the biggest investment you're going to have for your skin. Yeah. If you want to keep it looking good for years and years to come. Yeah. So um, you know, buy a good sunscreen. Just make sure when you look at it, you get UVA, UVB. Okay. Um, and then probably lean a little bit more towards the chemical, the physical barrier, as opposed to the chemical barrier. And so, you know, I'm assuming you're going to suggest like what we use for our face would be what is different for our body. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big debate. I personally, I don't, I just use okay and I put it all over the place. I tend to avoid, I just personally tend to avoid the tinted sunscreen because I just find it just gets ever, it gets all over my bathing suit. My <laughs> wife's all upset. It's all over everything, the bed sheets. So I, uh, I, I try to avoid the tinted one, 
but uh, regular sunscreen, that's the route I go. And I, and I like, like uh, you know, really sunscreen, if you, if you read the, the fine print, you need about the size of a golf ball of sunscreen to kind of do your whole body. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you really, uh, you, you know, sometimes people will say that whole tube of sunscreen lasted me the entire summer. Really, if you're putting it on properly, it's probably it's last you a couple of days, really. Yeah. And then you got to go buy a new one kind of a thing. Okay. So sunscreen, one of the, like weight loss or weight loss related or not sunscreen, definitely just taking care of your skin. One of the best investments that you can make. Yeah, totally. Totally. There's like, you can get into, we can talk about very simple skincare regimes that help even with weight loss and stuff like that. So, you know, the problem with weight loss and skin is you're losing your collagen, you're losing your elastin and things are stretching out. Right. So there are a couple of simple little things you can do to keep your skin, particularly on your face looking great. Right. So, you know, if I was going to pick three things to do, I would pick a, a vitamin C, I would pick a, a like cream um, or, or, or pills. Uh, no, I would do the vitamin C uh, topical. So you put it on over top, like okay. uh, Vivier has a really good vitamin C skinceuticals. It's probably their number one seller worldwide. Their vitamin C, the CE Frulic. So yeah. vitamin C, um, you want a good moisturizer. Uh, you want some good sunscreen. And then the other debate is, do you get a good um, sort of cleanser toner in order to take makeup and stuff like that off? Um, You know, if you just pick those three things, you'll do pretty good. What about our, what about our body skin? Um, Cause you know, we talk about dry brushing. We talk about using natural creams. We talk about um, uh, collagen, taking collagen. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, are you talking like the, um, what do they call that? The Gia stone uh, that people use on their face or their bodies? Oh, that well, do you well? That, do those? Do you think those work? Those those gua sha gua sha's. The, the stones where people are doing yeah, that. the stones that are. Works? So, yeah, that's kind of like an old ancient Chinese secret kind of a thing. So the issue behind those, the the, the theory behind those stones are that as you pull up on your skin, you're kind of exfoliating the top part of your skin. Ah, okay. and, then, and then what you're supposed to be doing is you follow kind of the lymphatic flow of your face. Yeah. So think of everything starts in the center and ends in the periphery. So you kind of want to do this with your face for the lymphatic flow. So there is, there's no tried into your research, but it's certainly been around a long time. The downside that I see with some of those people, when you do, if you do it really hard, you break little tiny blood vessels on your mm-hmm. face and that yeah. can lead to like rosacea looking and stuff like that. So, you know, and there are bigger ones you can use for the body. Yeah. There's really no, you know, research to tell you it works or not, but okay, kind of, it makes a bit of sense. What about dry brushing? Like we're brushing off old skin cells. Is that making a difference? Yeah, yeah, so totally. And yeah, getting rid of the dead skin cells. The, the reason you want to get rid of dead skin cells, if you think of it from a just a simple logical point of view, is if you put something on top of your skin, sunscreen, vitamin C, it doesn't matter, even, even laser treatments that we do here in the office. So if you've got dead skin sitting on the top, that's just going to prevent whatever you want to put on the top getting down below. So mm-hmm. anything that will exfoliate your skin will help everything down below or whatever you put on the top, get down below and help. So that's what really is- what you want to do. Okay. And so you agree with collagen, like uh, uh, collagen supplementation, helping the skin? Yeah. Uh- Wow, that's a good loaded topic, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Throw loaded topics at me all day. I can see that. Let's get started, um, man. I'm only, I'm still on my first question. Yeah, yeah we're only <laughs> on paragraph one and you're, you're coming at me with the big guns. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, 
Wow, that's a controversial topic, let's say, right? It is. So really the building blocks are collagen of your of your um your skin right yeah. so what you want to do is you know collagen goes all this it gets disarrayed as it gets disarrayed it starts to stretch as it starts to stretch it gets stretch marks and all that other stuff your skin get loose so what you want to do is you really want to take all those collagen bands and get them all lining back up together again yeah. so that everything yeah. is stuck together right so drinking collagen makes sense the the downside of drinking collagen that doesn't yeah. make too much sense is when you drink collagen, you have to absorb it somehow, right? Your body, your stomach is, you know, your stomach's designed to break everything up so that into little particles. So if you're breaking up, are you breaking up the collagen and the protein that you're ingesting? And is that really still intact? I don't think anybody really knows the answer to it. I know lots of people that drink collagen, they swear by it. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't know. I, I don't really have an honest answer to tell you for that, but okay. I can't think of it doing you any harm yeah. that I'm aware of. So yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a true benefit, but I don't know if it would if he did it and it works all the power to you. But I, I, I can't think of any research that suggests that it could be harmful. Now, every, anything in massive quantities can be harmful. Yeah. So as long as you do it, you know, smartly, I think you should be OK. And then also like, I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know that if you just took someone who just started taking collagen, it's going to help them. But with what we're doing this process, being so mindful about trying to give our bodies the resources and everything it needs to, to, to actually level up and get healthy, right. Give it the time and resources it needs yeah. and all the little things that you can do absolutely add up. But to your point, and I, I'm all about having the real conversations. Um, we're, we're doing a collagen giveaway today with deep Marine collagen is definitely on our supplement list. Um, you know, cause I do believe in all those little things but hey we're all about having those real conversations if there's yeah, something yeah. more we can do we want to know about it we want to know about it. okay so so let's let's talk about stretch marks is because right. you talked you brought those up is there anything sure. we can do about i want to talk about stretch marks and then i want to talk about cellulite is there anything we can do with those stretch marks in particular wow man if i could figure out how to get rid of stretch marks i'd be the new amazon i'd be i'd be beyond loaded Holy cow, there Does is anything work like what could, uh, let's talk non surgical and then surgical like, or is there anything yeah. surgical like what, what can we do about them. There are there's been a lot of machines over the years that um, that have come out for stretch marks they're all really based on a co2 laser or an erbium type laser and the theory is so the so. Really, what happens? We'll talk. We'll talk about how stretch marks sort of start to begin with, yeah, and yeah. then and then we can talk about what you can do. So, really, stretch marks are the thinning of the collagen on your skin. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple layers of your skin. So you know, if you cut yourself and you you get a bit of a gash, and you can see kind of the white sort of thick lining underneath your skin that mm -hmm. tends to bleed. Well, that's basically kind of all the collagen layer, your dermis, that's there, right? Okay. So what happens is if you were to put on a lot of weight, and that can happen through, or put on a lot of bulk, let's say, that can happen through putting on weight, that can happen through pregnancy, it can happen through uh, putting on muscle, just working out of the gym, right? Yeah. So what happens is, is the skin just can't keep up with the expansion. As the skin can't keep up with the expansion, it starts to stretch. And then once that dermis stretches, there's really not much you can do to bring that back together again, right? So there have been those machines over the years have been little lasers where they poke a million holes into your stretch mark. Yeah. And what happens is it goes down a little bit deep, it creates heat and heat is the key from any of those machines in order to get your skin to come back together again. So you create heat as it sits there and then that tends to pull the stretch mark a little bit together again, but actually getting rid of it, almost impossible, at least at this point. 
Well, that's depressing. Thanks. Yeah. So you, what you want to do is you want to prevent it from coming okay. in the beginning, right? Yeah. So in order to prevent it from coming in the beginning is really to make sure that your skin is really supple and make sure you got lots of good collagen in there, right? So so do you, so what about body creams? Like, are you, do you think we should be lathering ourselves up with like cream every day? Like, do you think like, is that what you yeah. mean? You like know, I there's a, there is a, um, um, there's a new skin cream that's come to Canada. And now I'm going to sound like I'm going to get in trouble from the college. Like I'm like, I'm supporting them or something, but I'm really not. I'm just going to tell you what's available. But there is a new, uh, there is a new uh, skin cream that's come to Canada called Elastin. Okay. So Elastin is, uh, was originally designed of all things by a plastic surgeon from Australia who was big into wound healing for ulcers oh. and stuff like that. Okay. So he does, he designed uh, a couple of products called this Triox or Helox technology. So, um, and it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, another cream on the market. Uh, but I know a lot of reputable people have tried it and we've done a bit of research and stuff on it uh, with the company and the product is amazing. And their, their um, product is designed for the body. It's, um, it's called, I've got one here, it's called Elastin, it's called Reform and Repair uh, oh. is the one. Okay. And um, uh, even for creepy skin. Like, you know, if you, if, as we age and you get a bit of creepy skin, like it works amazing. I mean, it does take a long time. You got to be prepared three, six months of skincare. Okay. But it's really like, it, I, I've been totally impressed by some of the results from that, for sure. Okay, let's go down the creepy skin because right. uh, inquiry minds want to know what can we, what gives, what I get, I, I can see it right now starting to happen on me. What is yeah. happening? What is with the yeah. creepy skin? What, like, okay, so this new cream coming on the market, how much does that get? What's that cost? What's that going to set us back? Jesus, I, um, uh, I don't really know. I think it's, it's probably... 250 300 uh, honestly honestly i don't know what the cost is online but okay. i can i we can we can i can get you some and you can do it through your website or whatever okay what can what else can we do about our crepey ass skin is it ever yeah. going to go away like what gives yeah. with that crepey skin is uh, crepey skin is the theory behind crepey skin is it's usually related to sun damage is uh -huh. the theory behind it right so what you really want to do is prevent sun damage so you want to make sure you know sunscreen collagen and all that other stuff there are lots of things you can do for creepy skin like uh, once you get it we use um um i've been using a product uh, called uh sculpture which is polyolactic acid it's a stimulant okay. it's a we use it for buttock enhancement we use it for um on the face it works amazing for the face so it's a uh, polyolactic acid is, you know, when you go to the gym, you start working out, you get that big sort of burning sensation in your leg and that's kind of lactic acid and the lactic acid causes your collagen or stimulate, you build muscle. Yeah. So what they've done is sort of artificially, sort of you're artificially tricking your whatever body part you inject into, into thinking that it needs to repair itself, right? Okay. So we've used it on the hands, uh, which has worked amazing. I've used it on... Uh, for people that like for women that play a lot of tennis, they get a lot of crepiness just above their knee and they don't really want to wear the little white tennis shorts. Yeah. We've injected there. We've injected into the arms like for a little crepiness on there. And that seems to work pretty good. Takes some time for it to work. But really, you want to sort of prevent the crepiness. Because like if your skin cells are always regenerating, why are they regenerating all crepey? Not like, like, I don't get that. Why, like, can, why can't I just cream the shit out of that and make yeah, them all wet or exercise? Like what, what can yeah, I do? Nah, exercise won't do much for it. The, the problem is, is over the years, 
the UVA, UVB rays, particularly the UVA rays have penetrated your skin. And then what's, it's basically broken up your collagen and elastin. So you need to do something that's going to regenerate your collagen and elastin in order to. So moisturizer really won't do that. It'll prevent it from getting worse. But you need something that's a stimulant to, to help do that. Vitamin C, pretty good too, because that's a good stimulant. Okay. So just, just to recap the crepey skin, what are, what, just to recap the crepey skin, what, what can they do about that? So sunscreen, number one, in the very yeah. beginning, uh, good moisturizer, take good care of your skin. And then if you get to the point where it starts to get a little bit crepey, there are things we can do injectables and stuff like that, that really stimulate your collagen in order to help with that. What about lasers and shit? Can you just... Yeah, yeah. We've done lots of lasers for hands. We've done lasers for knees. Oh my God, we tried it all over the place. The, the, there's so many different lasers on the market and lasers yeah. are really kind of geared to your specific problems. So if you're looking for tightening your skin, if you're looking to melt fat, there's so many different things you can do. Lasers, think of lasers, will do a couple different things, right? So here's your skin. The top layer is called what we call the epidermis. And then, which is the layer that you see, Below it's that kind of white layer, the dermis, and then down here's a bunch of fat, and then way down below is kind of your muscle and everything, right? So the laser, what the laser will do, some lasers will just totally tear off the epidermis, right? Yeah. And then what happens is the epidermis is gone, and then the collagen sitting underneath, that causes the collagen to stimulate itself. Okay. So the other one is you want to go now deeper into the collagen. So you go deeper into the, into the dermis, sorry, and then you start taking off layers of the dermis. That's called a totally ablative laser. That's okay. kind of the older school lasers you would see, like where people look like they came out of a house fire, their face was all like, you know, like all crusted and you wouldn't want to leave the house for a couple yeah. of weeks and be like, oh my God, what did I just do to myself? Yeah. You get an amazing result, like a baby's bottom result when you do that. But you got to be aware of a lot of downtime. You need a very experienced laser surgeon who knows exactly if you go too deep it'll never heal you have a permanent burn there's lots of you get pigmentation there's lots of things you need to know the other one is fractionated where you're just poking a million little holes yeah so what happens is you poke a hole you poke a hole you poke a hole as the heat goes down into that hole so the heat goes down another heat another heat it causes everything to do this to come together right so I remember I got, what did I get? I got all those holes poked in my face. Yeah, I did a so thing you, with Sean for ET Canada um, many, many years ago. And um, so I, I went on TV and you poked holes in my face, but I used to have, so many women have questions about jowls, especially right. with weight loss and jowls. And I used to have them. And yeah. after that, after you did that procedure on me, they, they went away. They, yeah. they, they're, they're gone. Like they've yeah. never, they've never come back. And this was like, that's gotta be what? A long years? time ago. That's gotta be 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Sure, yeah at least i would think yeah. so was that what was that because that that was like that worked that was that like gave me my whole new face back like yeah so that was a fractionated laser not the fully ablative one so that's the one where we poke a whole bunch of holes inside yeah the nice thing about poking a whole bunch of holes inside is the recovery time is quicker yeah because you've got your normal skin there to sort of help everything heal itself right mm -hmm. um so what that does is you're poking all those holes it pulls all your skin together and that's where everything starts to tighten so now we use a lot of um microneedling like radio frequency microneedling yep. and that kind of does the same thing that the laser does but significantly less downtime as well why do women get those why do we get those gels like why do, why yeah the gels are basically the gels are really a descent of your skin 
So what happens is we all age, everything starts to fall down. You know, you can't hold everything up forever. Everything starts to fall down. You get these, these sort of gels that were, you know, one time so up in here. And that's really what happens. So if you want to get, there's a billion ways to treat gels. The yeah. simplest, really the simplest way to treat gels is we put um, filler in your cheek. So everybody's under the impression, if I want to get rid of my gels, I got to do something yeah. down here. If yeah. you do something up here, I do a lot of uh, international training on fillers and I do a lot of uh, cadaver labs for pharmaceutical companies and show physicians a bunch of stuff, you know, what the anatomy looks like. And we found out a couple of years ago when we were playing around with a lot of the fillers that the more filler we put in the cheek, particularly in the lateral aspect of the cheek, it really pulled up here. So we found a whole bunch of ligaments that kind of run down from the, the side down to here. And if these ligaments get taut, it pulls up on your cheek. So simple little things like fillers in your face work really well. What about this? Doesn't this work? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't work? know if you want to call dinner, I guess that works, but I don't know, I don't know if that would work at all. Putting so much faith into this. That does yeah, not work. Yeah, that sure. Not... <laughs> yeah, keep doing it. You look great. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God, this conversation. Um, what? Let's talk about fat melters because right. I, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna get into tummy talk, skin removal, <laughs> we're, we're gonna break it all down. Um, uh, we're kind of working our way to that conversation. Uh, what about fat? Like, no. What about what about creams that melt fat? Yeah. And 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 fat and fat melters. What what gives with that? What is that? What is that? I would yeah. say I don't really have any experience with creams that melt fat, but I can't think of I can't think of any way that it would work. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. It makes no, it doesn't make okay. any sense to me because you just can't get like in order to penetrate all the way through your skin and get into that fatty layer for it to work, you need a needle, you need some sort of an introductory thing. So I don't think the fat creams uh, work really well. There are lots of external fat melters on the market, right? There's, you know, the most popular ones would be um, cool sculpting um, yeah. and uh, sculpture would be the most two popular ones they kind of go at it from different angles but they would be by far the most popular on the market okay so let's talk about uh cool scott cool sculpt um people want to talk about that i know from yep. the little i know about it it's not for a large amounts of weight like no. be a specific candidate for it it's just for problem areas that kind of thing. yeah they're really yeah. for um they're really for let's say if you had like spot areas you want to get rid of like you can't nothing is a general weight loss uh, you know, surgery, any of that stuff is really not for weight loss. It's more for body contouring. Yeah. But, you know, you need to do Good proper. Point. Well, Say that yeah. again. Say so that those, again. Yeah. Those machines are those machines and surgery is really not for weight loss, right? It's really for body contouring. And if you want to do weight loss then you got to do a program like yours and stuff like that in order to do it properly, but you can't approach surgery as, you know, even if you do, you can remove the biggest pan as the biggest tummy. And, you know, you may get you know, three kilograms or something out of that, it doesn't weigh as much as you think. So, mm. it, you know, so really your, your, most of your fat's going to be internal and stuff like yeah. that kind of thing. Wow. So, so really on the market, there's two of those, there's sculpture and there's cool sculpting. Yeah. And they approach it differently. Sculpture approaches it from a, a NDAG laser point of view, where the laser penetrates the skin, and then that disrupts the outer cell, it disrupts the membrane, and then the fatty component leaks out, and then you basically pee it off down the road, and that's okay. kind of how that works. Yeah. Cool sculpting approaches it from a different way, and what cool sculpting does is Cool sculpting, think of it as like a, a little suction valve. And what it does is it pulls the skin in like this, 
the skin that's in there between the, the valves, so to speak, or the handpiece, they get kind of frozen for a lack of a better word, right? So that's why they call it cool sculpting. So what happens is you're, you're going at the membrane sculpture, you're going at it with a laser and heat, if you think of it that way. Okay. Cool sculpting, you're going at it with cold, both mechanisms will break up the outer layer, <clears throat> sorry, of the fatty membrane, and then the fatty lipids fall out, and then you basically pee them out. So you're going at, the efficacy is about the same. You can let, usually it's about two to three treatments you need for any of those machines. You can yeah. kind of lose about 30% body fat in the area that you're treating, but that's really about the maximum you're gonna get. So why can't we just cool sculpt our whole bodies? Well, one thing with cool sculpting is, and, and same thing with sculpture is, particularly the cool sculpting is you need an area that, of skin that's going to be able to suck into that, into that oh. vacuum, right? Okay. And you need some background. So if you like, you couldn't do it, say like on your chest or something, you need a little bit of fatty component for it to work. If you're super, super thin, then those things just won't work at all. Okay. And what about the whole Linda Evangelista thing? She did the, one of those fat melting things. Now she's got weird fat growth happening right. all over her body. What is that? Is that come down to the person doing the procedure, the procedure itself? Like I, I want to definitely talk to you about finding a reputable person to continue yeah, totally. conversations with, but what's our concern there? Like, I, I don't know. I'd rather take a little tum tum fat than to have like some yeah. Evangelista weird thing happening. To yeah. Me. I would say that I, I don't, I don't know the exact details of the, but I know the theory behind. Yeah. The whole, so what happens is, is, is it doesn't matter what you do. What it's not the procedure fault, so to speak. Is you can do any procedure, and some people just by fluke react over, right? So yeah. you just so what happens is, is that you get a bit of a rebound effect. And um, I remember this is when I was a resident at Sick Kids, and we would have kids come in with like a cut eye or something, and you give them a sedative to calm them down, and it's like giving them bennies or something. They go the complete opposite, and they just go wild, and you can't get them yeah. to stop, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, holy crap, what happened? I'm suppo you're supposed to be asleep, but now you're like a crazy maniac. Um, so yeah, so what happens is is during that procedure is the your body just reacts in a, in a protective mechanism, let's say, and it just starts to really create more uh, fatty component, and that's the theory kind of behind what happened. I don't know the exact details of her of her. I know kind of the hearsay part of it, but that's kind of uh, it's extremely rare, not unheard of, but extremely rare. Okay. I mean, again, we are just bringing to light all the different possibilities, having this conversation. We are expecting that people, if any kind of thing resonates, they, they will head to their healthcare providers and continue totally. the conversations. Let's get into, okay, before, before I get into tummy tucks and skin removals and all that, how long should someone wait after they've lost weight to consider something surgical? Like say they're, 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 they've lost their weight in a healthy way and they're using the creams and they're working out and they're doing the stuff and they're giving their body time to, you know, for the skin to regenerate. How much time, like at, at what point do we give up and we say, oh, fuck. Yeah, totally. Like, That's yeah, good question. I was, oh, you know what? It just dawned on me. There is one other really, really good um, um, and really interesting skin tightening machine on the market called Flexure. Okay. We use it, we use it over at Hamam. So it's a, it's a, if you ever see somebody had surgery, they put like a pad, it's a grounding pad that goes on your arm. So it's kind of like a grounding pad and that goes on over top of the area. It's literally a 15 minute treatment. You just sit there, you can you can even get it while you're getting like your nails done. And, and it literally uh, tightens up the skin 
in that area doesn't Tighten do too it. much yeah it doesn't do too much of a fat melting but really okay. tightens the skin so if you're skinny and you got some loose skin you're not looking to melt fat you're looking to tighten it that's another really good option okay well. good tip yeah. okay good tip yeah. okay, good and that's tip. really cool and it's and you can literally just sit there read a book and there's like no downtime you just take the peel off and away you go kind of a thing yeah awesome okay so, uh so the other question was how long do you wait yeah. after losing yeah, yeah so that's a good one so I always tell people never to do anything on the extremes, right? So never do anything when uh, this is the heaviest I've ever been and never do anything where this is the lightest I've ever been because it never works out, right? Yeah. You yeah. never, if, if you, if you lose a hundred pounds and you look amazing the, the, and you're so like it, trying to keep that off is probably the hardest thing, right? So you're always going to fluctuate a little bit. Well, you know better than I would. You're always going to fluctuate up and down a little tiny a bit, little right? Bit, a little bit. So I always tell people never do it. This is the, like, I've just lost a hundred pounds and now I got to get my surgery done. Because if you put on, let's say 10 pounds or four kilograms or whatever you want to call it, yeah. you, you're going to lose that aesthetic effect. Everything's going to start to stretch itself back out again. Mm. So I always tell people, listen, if, if your goal is I got another 20 pounds to lose, that's probably a good time to start. If you're thinking surgery, it's probably a good time to start thinking surgery. Oh, wow. If you lose a few more pounds after your surgery, you even get a better result. But if you put okay. on five or six pounds after your surgery, you're going to lose your result. Okay, or people should wait until their weight has stabilized after the program. You yeah, function, used, make it past maintenance, maybe put it like yeah. three to six months, let everything Perfect. settle. Because yeah. I, I talk all the time about how my true weight is 119, but I, I never see that. I'm, I'm always like up like 125 is kind of where I sit. Like if I clean up my foods, I can see, but I also, my weight can go up in the summertime with the heat as much as like 132. So that's like a 10 pound range. Yeah. So to your point, maybe just see where you're at, let things settle and then assess your situation. Or if you know, like perhaps like if you go, you know, you got a lot of skin because you've done those, you've done from dieting in, the, in previous sessions, then to his point, maybe check, this is where you want to check in earlier. You want to either do it before yeah. you're done or when you're done, give it some, give it some time. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. It's always good to check in for multiple reasons earlier, you know, you, you can kind of get your mind frame around the surgery. It kind of gives you time to plan everything. It gives you time to pick a good surgeon. It gives you so many opportunities to do things. Okay. What is the difference between a tummy tuck and skin removal? Right. So that's a good one. <laughs> so a, we call it a paniculectomy. Right. Okay, that's so, the thing. Cause someone someone asked that a pen a a pen a a pen a pen a a What which one's that? The tummy tuck. The the no, that's a that's a cutting off skin. That's the paniculectomy. The paniculectomy. Yeah. Is cutting so, off the skin. Yeah. So your panis, it's really cutting off your panis, right? So yeah. we call in medicine, we call your panis kind of like that skin, sort of from your belly button to your pubic. A hairline the flap. Women that flap. About the flap the, yeah, the exactly. overhang the flap yeah. whether from children or weight loss or whatever yeah, okay. whatever it happens to be so that's called that's we call that the panis right okay. yeah so paniculectomy is basically cutting off that skin yeah so this is the big debate between a tummy tuck versus a paniculectomy and they're really two totally different operations when you okay. think about it all right so a, a, again, a tummy tuck is, is, is not for weight loss, it's for body contouring, right? There is one surgery that you could argue for 
let's not say this for weight loss, but if you've got a really big panis that's hanging down, that can get in the way of things, get in the way of walking, give you rashes. So the theory behind a paniculectomy is that skin that's hanging over, we're just basically cutting that off and that's all we're doing. Cutting that skin off, sewing it back over again, that's the end of it. Okay. What you're doing with a tummy tuck is much, much more involved with that. Okay. So what you're doing with a tummy tuck is the first thing you're doing is you're tying your muscles back together again. So what happens with childbirth, what happens with, uh, with putting on weight and losing weight is that your muscles start to come apart. And that we call rectus diastasis. Yes. So there's those two rectus muscles that give you that six pack ab. That's why a lot of women down. are really like um, barrel. I call it barrel belly. Like yes. they don't even know they have it. They, they yes. have this, they're kind of barreled in the belly. And I don't think they know that you know, if something, maybe it happens to them, they don't realize after like it happens when you're with pregnancy, right? You get yep. to where it comes across. Yep. And I don't think they realize that. And they have such a hard time losing in their middle, but it's actually not right. that. It's just more the structure, right? Yeah. And you can go. So the muscles start like this, right? And that's what gives you that sort of six pack, right? With the other yeah. muscles kind of coming off the side. So what happens is it's just pure physics. If you were to, let's say you had an abdominal hernia or you had something where that starts to come apart, right? Yeah. So as that starts to come apart, then your intestines and everything start to plop out and you get that sort of beer belly look, right? Um, And then what happens is you can do sit-ups to the cows come home and it's just pure physics that those muscles are always kind of bending like this and they're not really strengthening up and down. So with a tummy tuck, we're taking those muscles and we're pulling them back together again like that. So we're flattening them down. So, so can that be covered by OHIP? No. Oh, fuck. No. Okay. Too yeah. bad. Should be then. If it's yeah. like actually like a, from, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So you're tying those muscles together again. And then generally what we're doing is you're removing the skin from, and the fatty component from the top of the belly button to the top of the pubic hairline right? Okay. Yeah. So the skin from the belly button now gets sutured down here below. Okay. So let's say you had a piercing, you had a piercing on top of your, uh, on top of your belly button. At the end of the surgery, that piercing would now be on top of your pubic hairline. (laughs) So I've seen it all. I've seen, I had a picture of a lady that I I picture uh, a lady did years ago had a, um, a tattoo of a cow jumping over the moon. The moon was her belly button. <laughs> no. And now the cow is sitting on top of her pubic hairline. <laughs> Still jumping over so, the moon. <laughs> yeah, so or if you had a mole that was sitting up there or a stretch no. mark, that would now be moved down to here. Okay. And then we do some liposuction on the sides. You okay. make a little hole up top. Uh, and as that skin gets brought down, your belly button gets sewn back in through that hole again. So it's a much more complicated um, surgery than the paniculectomy would be. So how much would a, how much would, I mean, I guess the the skin surgery is, is you could do all over, like you just do, do people just do arms? Do they just do certain areas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you did, if you had a really, really big panis, so let's say and you see it all the time from um, people that have had um, lap banding and stuff like that done, and they've yeah. got a really rapid and they've got all this really big extra skin. Occasionally, sometimes that can be covered under OHIP, but generally it has to be done by a bariatric surgeon and they're only going to cut the skin off. So you're still going to have that big belly. They're not going to do any, you know, tying your muscle or anything. It's strictly cutting the skin off. Generally that needs prior approval has to be done by a bariatric surgeon somewhere. Very few plastic surgeons would do that um, procedure. 
Okay, let's talk cost. How much is a tummy tuck going to cost me? And how much is the skin? Say I lost 100 pounds. I got, you know, how much is my skin removal? I know obviously it's different for everyone, but let's see the yeah. ballpark. How much is going to set us back? Yeah, I guess it really, it really comes down to the specific surgery and how long it's going to take, right? So let's say an average. So uh, a tummy tuck takes, you know, on average, let's say a couple of hours to do the surgery, yeah. say two hours, give or take a little bit, depends if you're doing liposuction, all this other involved, but you're probably somewhere in the 10 to 11,000 range, like nine to 11 in that range, let's say for, for a tummy tuck, then you get into somebody that's had like extreme weight loss that you get into a, like a 360 tummy tuck or a uh, circumferential body lift. What the so hell is what that? Happens, what is that? So, What's that? Yeah, so now you're I talking. I think I want, big, I think it sounds like something we might want. Do we want that? Yeah. So, so think of the tummy tuck, right? So the tummy tuck is going to remove the skin from your belly button to your pubic hairline, and then it's going to sort of feather out to the sides, to your hips, right? Yeah. So a 360 or a total body lift, you're taking that tummy tuck and bringing it all the way around to the, to the cleft of the buttock. Oh, wow. So now you're removing all the skin, the fat from your love handles, from your lower back, all the way in a circle, all the way around your body. Okay. And we've, I've removed like three feet of a big wow. circle of skin all the way around. You're talking a very big surgery. Generally, we tend to do them in the hospital. You spend a night or two in hospital kind of thing. You know, they the can rent. What's recovery time on something like that? Uh, you know, generally the recovery time on a tummy tuck to your full out of the gym is about six weeks. It's around the same for a circumferential, about six weeks kind of thing. Okay. 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 You know, then you're getting into, you know, you could be looking at 20 odd grand for a, for a circumferential lift. Wow. 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 Hey, 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 listen, we straight up know some of you, 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 you're like money is tight and you're like, for I sure. wish kind of conversation, but you know, listen, we're having the conversation for people who want to have the conversation because it's a real concern for some people and investing in something like this could be where they want to put their money. Right. Yep. Um, all right. So, so that's tummy tuck and skin removal. Can we talk I want to talk about liposuction, um, not sure. because I'm suggesting it for people, but because I think sometimes people have it in the back of their mind that they're just going to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like right. plan B, like, oh, fuck, right. if this doesn't work for me. I'm just going to go get liposuction. And I don't think people really understand like what goes into that, the cost of that, that, you know, sure. if you, if you don't address, you know, all the reasons why your body's feeling you need to store fat or your habits and stuff like that, you're just going to gain that weight back right at the end right. of the day um so can you just talk about the the realities of liposuction i mean obviously it's an option for people who want that i'm no judgment on people um but you know is that like what's the give me the real deal on that like and and it does it work for somebody who has 100 pounds to lose does it work for somebody who has no. like 10 pounds to lose like let's let's have a real talk so we can so we can like either save up for plan b or ixnay plan b all together right right i would say so oh my god there's so many things you can talk about with liposuction there's yeah. thousands of liposuction machines on the market like literally they fall into so many different categories so again it, it, just think of fat in general right so if you take a bunch of fat and you know you, you wash your dishes and all the fat floats on the surface fat doesn't weigh much so you can remove a lot of fat and it really doesn't weigh much at all so you can't think of removing fat as a weight loss again it's really a contouring i love so, conversation. Yeah, i love this so, can i just stop i fucking love this conversation that you're saying like none of these are for weight loss none of these are for weight it loss it's for contouring yeah. it's for aesthetics and how you look oh yes 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 to this conversation yeah. okay sorry go ahead yeah yeah so let's say you've got uh so think of that you're not going to lose weight from it 
The maximum in, in Ontario, most of Canada is around five liters of fat is about the maximum you can remove. And that's a, that's a lot of fat. And even five liters of fat doesn't weigh much because, you know, it floats kind of a thing. Yeah. So liposuction works really good if you're looking to contour certain areas. Let's say particularly it works really good. At, you know, you go to the gym and you work out and oh, you can't get rid of your saddlebags like those, yeah. sort of, you know, the sort of the, the thing on the side of your hips or, or you can't get rid of your um, love handles no matter what you do. Yeah. Then liposuction is a great option because you're basically spot removing fat in a certain area. Um, and then there's a thousand different forms of liposuction like and people come to me all the time i have to have um smart lipo i have to have slim lipo i have to do vaser i have to do laser i have to do water systems there's literally so many of them on the market mm -hmm. and they all do different things right so um there are specific liposuctions water liposuction works really well if you're trying to maintain certain vessels where the the, it's, the water kind of flies out like um like uh like your windshield washer Right, so the water flies out, and then what it does out of the end of the cannula, um, it dislodges the fat, and then the cannula sucks up all the fat. Okay. So if you want to keep fat that's not destroyed, you could use things like vaser, you could things like water sits, and then you could take that fat and re-inject it into a breast, into a buttock, or wherever you wanted to do it, kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then you get into the laser ones, smart lipo, um, where that's a, a an NDAG laser that melts the fat, and at the same time as melting the fat, it tightens up the skin. And the one we've been using a lot now is called Renuvion. So Renuvion is a plasma machine. It's, it's a, a J plasma. It's like literally like a bolt of lightning. I don't know if your viewers are from Toronto, and if you were ever a kid and you went to the uh, Science Center as a kid, and somebody put their hand on that big metal ball and then their their hair went up and you know and you can see that bolt of lightning come across well that's plasma okay. so now it's we've it's helium that's ignited by radio frequency it turns literally into a bolt of lightning and then that bolt of lightning causes the skin to shrink so we liposuction and then we shrink the skin afterwards and that's probably the best skin tightening we have on the market now i think and how much is that going to cost what's that going to cost that someone back you know, liposuction is very variable. It really depends on the area. So, like, it's a, it usually starts about maybe, say, it starts around forty five hundred for a certain area, and then the okay. Renuvion may add a thousand bucks or something to it for the skin tightening. And obviously, all of these procedures, um, they're, they're, they they all they all come at their own risk. Which you know, you Correct. obviously, you know, uh, Sean is. Is 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 uh, first of all, what I just learned is if I'm even considering liposuction, I got to do my research into the different kinds, what's going to work yes. best for me. You know what I mean? Like really put my due diligence yeah. into this process. And again, it's not about weight loss; it's about contouring your body. Are any of these covered by OHIP? No. <laughs> any of them? No. Any, the funny thing, anything? interesting, yeah, yeah. The interesting thing for lipos, like we have as physicians, we have a uh, a book from the Ministry of Health. Every time you do a surgery on somebody, you submit a code, you know, whatever the code happens to be, one, two, three, four, five. And you look in this big book, you know, it's like the old, like the yellow pages used to be, and you look up the code. Um, um, but in the very beginning, under the, the section that most plastic surgeons would use under skin, right at the top, bold letters, liposuction is not covered by OHIP for any reason, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Fine, 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 fine. We talked about so much stuff already. Um, well, let's talk moles and skin tags. I know those are, mm. why do we get those? I can literally hear them pop on my body and like. Yeah. 
Like what is nope. going on there? And also yeah. like I always talk, like I have so many, like, should I, should I, are these, I got this mall, it's going to grow. Like, am I going to have a big old, like, could you, I just get scissors and cut them off? Do I tie strings yeah. around them? And that's what my mom used to do, tie strings around them. You yeah. them. Do I buy those kits from the, from the pharmacy? Like, why yep. do we get them? What can we do about them? So um, the short answer is nobody really knows why you get them, truthfully. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of looking as dumb as I look now, right? But the, uh, but the, um, so think skin tags. So let's break them into two different categories because they're really two different things, right? Okay. And I always forget the acron. Ac ac I can I'll never remember the medical word for skin tags, acronium, or uh, who knows. Ugly so, as fuck and not necessary. Uh, yeah. That's what I'd say. Anyways, okay, yeah. The theory behind skin tags is skin tags is caused by excessive rubbing of skin on skin over the years. And that's the theory behind skin tags. Okay. So if you, you tend to get them like under your arms, you tend to get them around your neck where it's all like, it's kind of rubbing here and it's thought to be a protective mechanism. Um, there's a billion things you can do. Like, you know, the old, uh, like you said with your mom, take a pair of scissors, cut them off, <laughs> tie them all up. Those things are pretty uncomfortable. You can do, um, uh, we use um, uh, liquid nitrogen. You okay. can burn them off with liquid nitrogen. You can just put a little freeze in there, take a pair of scissors. The downside with skin tags is they tend to bleed a fair amount afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and they tend to, if you if you go too deep when you take the skin tag off, like if you're doing it at home, you can leave it with little permanent white dots where oh, the dermis yeah. doesn't heal. And you see that all the time on people, little white dots. Yeah. And that's because they they went too deep into the dermis. Oh. And then moles are, nobody really knows moles kind of, again, moles are, are thought to be sun damage. Um, so as we age, so just the sun accumulating, accumulating, damaging the skin. So again, if you want to prevent all that stuff, you really want to keep your skin healthy and, uh, and moisturized and refreshed and don't get sunburns and all that kind of thing throughout the years. Yeah. But so just like, just basic, good, healthy skincare, use sunscreen and stuff like that is the, I mean, I guess that that's the only way to prevent them. Yeah, pretty well. That's, that's going to be your best plan of action. Okay. What about, um, skin things like rosacea and eczema? Like, so we, you know, we've talked to doctors before about how, you know, the more and more science is talking about how it's tied to your microbiome and stuff, but are there creams that we can use? Is there, are there lasers that we can do? Is there any hope yeah. for someone to like move past this, this, this issue that they're dealing with, or are they just going to always have to, to deal with it? What's the story with that? Yeah, I mean, those things are so hard, rosacea, melasma, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the pregnancy masters. Uh, truthfully, think you're really, and honestly, it's a, yeah. it's a condition you're going to have to live with forever, and it's basically how you're going to treat it in order to keep it down. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things with... Um, with rosacea, a lot of it is due to blood vessels underneath the surface, thin skin. There's so many, and there's actually new research coming out on rosacea and the causes of it and stuff like that. Now, yeah. there are a couple of really simple <clears throat> uh, treatments you can do, but again, you have to re always remember, <clears throat> sorry, that it's a lifelong issue. You're not, one treatment is not going to get rid of it. You're going to have to keep doing something for it. 
So um, sunscreen, obviously, is a big one. Uh, we use for rosacea, for, we use a lot of microneedling. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we use this uh, a newer machine called Silfirm. We have it over at Hamam. And it's a, um, it's a microneedling machine. And what that does is it basically the microneedle, microneedling has been around for thousands of years. Now they just made it into radio frequency microneedling. So the needle penetrates the skin. The, and it gets down to around the little tiny blood vessels and kind of coagulates them, sort of basically melts them all together. So mm -hmm. you don't see so much of the rosacea okay. and then helps to pull the skin together. Um, we, I did a trial on a newer product that came to Canada called NCTF, um, which is basically you do a little roller and you, the roller is really to kind of break up the skin so to let you gain access to the skin. And then you put this product over top, it's called NCTF. It's, it's all a bunch of minerals based in a hyaluronic acid. Um, uh, and you just really just smear it on your face. Mm -hmm. And I used one of my daughters who's got a kind of a bit of rosacea and I was blown away. It got rid of, well, it didn't get rid of, but pretty well eliminated, let's say about 80% of our existing rosacea at the time. Oh, wow. And it just took three little tiny treatments and it was just like a little roller. So you don't have to get into really expensive stuff. There are some, and it really helped with pores and tightening up the skin. So you have to think of, when you're thinking of skin, think of multiple levels, right? Like if you want to make your face look good, you got to think of the skin. You have to think of the underlying fatty structure that gives you volume to your cheeks. And then you got to look at the underlying bony structure and you can't separate those three. They always have to be thought together, right? So rosacea is the same thing. You may find that, um, you know, you, you can try a bunch of creams, but the cream itself is not going to work. You need the cream, you need the sunscreen, you need a couple of treatments, microneedling, NCTF, those kind of things that will really help. So I missed the end. Microneedling and what? Uh, microneedling or anything like the NCTF, but it's not a, it's not a one-off. It's more of a regime that you need to do. Okay, so there are quite a few options out there in terms yeah. of like dealing with like, you know, or, you know, even I would assume like, you know, midlife, like acne and stuff like that as well, right? Like there's a variety yes. of different treatments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, and there are lots of good machines for, um, for exfoliating the skin that exfoliate. Like you, we use a lot of uh, Jet Peel, which is a phenomenal uh, machine. Basically, it's just a, it's a, a fine spray of water that comes out and it helps with lymphatic flow. It helps to sort of, um, pull off the upper layer of your skin. We use it for hair loss too, for PRP. Oh. And what and what you can do is you can put the, so particularly for people that are afraid of needles, yeah. the it's a fine spray of water that comes out and the water can penetrate your skin like a needle and implant whatever you want underneath your skin. So wow. there, there's a there's literally a million different things we can do. Yeah, so it's like so. So the technology is changing, right? Like, uh, like, like, is there is there hope for us? Like, you know, like I know there's so many here. They're like, I would love a skin removal surgery, whatever. I can't afford that. Maybe you know, give it you know five, ten years. Is you know, is, is are things advancing to a point where there are hope for for some of us? You know, yeah, like, yeah, I think there are the external um skin tighteners are are coming along cool. uh the new one the flexure i think is a good advancement see the problem with with tightening your skin it's all to do with heat right is what it comes down to so in order to get your skin to 
the collagen to reorganize itself and tie itself all together, you're, you need that skin to be kind of in the 42, 44 degrees Celsius range, right? Okay. But if you go to like, say, 46, 48, you're going to cause a full thickness burn, like a, like you stick your hand in a fire or something, right? Mm -hmm. And that's no good because now you run into problems and you've killed the skin. If you're too, if you if you don't get the skin up to that temperature, what happens is you get up to say 38 degrees, but it's really not doing anything. Your skin feels warm, but it's not causing that collagen to reorganize itself. Yeah. yeah. So you need to you need to find a a machine that maintains that level that you're not going to get a burn, but it doesn't go too cold um, for a specific amount of time. And that's kind of what everybody's working on. That's kind of the golden egg. Um, and things like flexure and stuff like that are starting to come along and, and kind of build that up. Yeah. Um, you still need to do multiple treatments, but there, you know, maybe another 10 years down the road, you'll have an old phone booth and you stand inside it. And yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, yeah, and away you go, right? That's and then I'll be out of business. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to come start doing podcasts. You'll be retired. You'll be retired. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm talking no. about. Can you just please, can you just create that for us? Can you just do yeah, that oh, for trust us? Trust me, if I could, I would. Oh my God. Could you, um, okay, I got a couple of questions left. I want to talk about um, cellulite because we haven't right. talked about cellulite. What can we fucking do about our cellulite? Yeah, cellulite's a hard one. Oh my God, so many people have cellulite. There have been a couple of machines on the market over the years that were specific to cellulite. Cellulase and Selfina are kind of the two off the top of my head. They kind of work in different ways. Okay, here's the issue with cellulite. Okay, hit, hit us up. So cellulite is really caused by three factors. So it's thin skin on the top. It's fibrous bands. So the fibrous bands are what hold your skin down to the basic. Think of it as what holds your skin down to the muscle, right? Okay. Yeah. So if you think of the back of your hand, doesn't have a lot of fibrous bands because you can move it around a lot and you need to move it. But the palm of your hand has a whole bunch of fibrous bands in it to hold everything together. So if you pick up a glass, it doesn't fall out of your hand, right? Okay. Yeah. So what happens is, is, and then these fibrous bands, in between the fibrous bands, it traps little globules of fat. And that's why you get the potorange uh, look to the skin and those little pitting as the fibrous bands pulled down. So the interesting thing is men tend not to get a lot of cellulite because men's fibrous bands do this. They go on angles. Yeah. Where women's fibrous bands tend to go up and down. Why? So, what is the uh, point of that? I know it's a, it's, that's the way you were made. I can't argue with that one. But we're all kind of made the same. We all got the same parts. They just come out looking different. So why, yeah, exactly. why yeah. structurally would that be? Why is that? Why? Why? I don't know. So what happens is, is the fibrous bands shrink. It traps the fat. And then you got thin skin and you get that bumpy polar orange look from your cellulite. What causes it though? What's causing it in the first place? Is it a straight up how we're born structurally? Yeah, I would say industry? most of it is straight up how you're born. Maybe, I mean, you know, diet and exercise really has very little effect on, on cellulite, truthfully. There's lots of, you know, cellulite machines on the market and stuff like that. Really, the... How about those rollers? Remember, like, people have those rollers that they're... Yeah, yeah, through. totally. So what the roller is doing, the roller is not fixing the problem. The roller is redistributing water. So what happens is the, the water gets redistributed into that little alcove in between the fibrous bands and that just pushes the skin back up again as the skin as the water starts to you know go back to equilibrium what happens is that starts to go out and everything kind of gets pushed sideways yeah you need to do something to break the bands thicken the skin so that's where like cellulose 
the theory behind that was the laser would thicken the skin, the laser would break the bands and melt the fat. So there's, and Salvina is just a little, like a little um, uh, needle that vibrates back and forth and breaks mm -hmm. the band. Um, so really it's those bands and you got to sort of prevent those bands from coming back together again. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the cause of cellulite. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. I tried a million injectables and stuff like that. And really you can, we do a lot when, um, like with my liquid butt lift. So a lot of like uh, when we're putting the fillers in butt, right. So, yeah. and a lot of people that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people that lose a lot of weight start to get a bit of a droopy butt, but they don't want to yeah. necessarily look like a, like a, you know, a movie star or whatever. They just want some volume. Right. Yeah. So we put a lot of our hyaluronic acid filler that I designed the liquid butt lift, but sometimes people get big cellulite, like a big band that's there. So what, what I'll do is I'll just take a little needle and snap the band. And then that tends to smooth out the skin. You put something underneath it, you put the HA filler, you put some fat, you put something like that underneath it. And hopefully that builds a barrier where the bands don't reconnect themselves back together again. And then the cellulite doesn't look as worse. Okay, so if you're really on a mission to like minimize your cellulite, there are things that you can do. It's yeah, there are things you can do. Yeah, structure, but yeah, for the most part, it's the structure. Okay, yeah. I, 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 you're amazing, obviously, but we got people following from forty from forty different countries all over the world. Wow, not nice. everyone. I mean, I know you you do your online consultation, but I know not everyone is going to have access to you. And and just as yeah. a heads up, Sean's not going to be in here. He's a busy man, um, answering questions, answering questions and such. But like, how do you, obviously you're going to tell me it's so super important to do your due diligence, do your research. If anyone is interested in any of those things, don't just go see the, open your phone book and oh, he was a phone book. I don't think yeah, 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 yeah. And find someone and then see them. And then just that person, like, um, what's your suggestions for finding a reputable person to even have these conversations with? And what's the expectation like this? Like, can I book an appointment with you? And I know I got to do something, but I'm not sure yeah. what. And then yeah, what would, totally. That's, what would that's very like? common. It seems like yeah. there's a lot of different things to consider. So like yep. what? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say, you know, in regards to finding somebody, it's a, a couple of things you need to be aware of. And, and there have been some changes with legislation, particularly here in Canada, but depending on where you are in the world, yeah. is that um, you want to make sure in Canada, nobody can, only a plastic surgeon can call themselves a query cosmetic surgeon, okay. right? So you're a plastic uh, reconstructive and cosmetic surgeon. So if somebody tells you I'm a cosmetic surgeon, that's a bit of a red flag to begin with. So you need to find out exactly what they're trained in. Okay. Because it used to be you could call yourself a cosmetic surgeon and be a family physician and not even be a surgeon per se, right? So first of all, oh. just, yeah, just sit down and say, you know what, or just you know, Google somebody ahead of time, look at what their qualifications are. Word of mouth is probably for anything you buy or anything you do. Word of mouth is probably the best thing. And then, um, and then just sit down, have an honest conversation with somebody and find somebody that you, that you like, listen, I'm sure there's lots of patients that come and see me and they go, you know, that guy's a jerk. I wouldn't want him operating. And that's totally fine. I have no, I have really no issue with that because yeah. it's your body. You, you yeah. need to feel comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you feel, once you find somebody you feel comfortable with, and you know, they're a good surgeon, then, then I say, go for it. Have a, have a conversation with that person and, um, and then decide what you want to do from there. Yeah. Over on your website, Sean, do you have, um, would you have a website? I'm assuming is it yeah, yeah, drseanrice.com. Uh, right, and then for the butt, you can get it through the, um, uh, on Instagram, Liquid Butt Lift. 
Oh yeah, so that's, that's and, can, and then I can follow you, uh, Sean Rice. Over on your website, though, does it does it outline some of these procedures that we've yes. been talking about? Yeah, we're just literally like a couple of weeks away from getting our new website. I just got to wait to get a haircut and do some more videos. And then uh, and then I'll finalize the, it's my COVID here, then I'll finalize the website and then then the new one will be out fairly okay. soon. Okay, so there's research. Do, you, do your research. Do your, again, you guys, we are just having this conversation, answering all the questions that you guys want, wanted us to, to ask and answer. Again, um, you know, talk to your healthcare providers, do your research, reach out, all those things. John, thank you so much. My pleasure. Oh, Enjoyable. So um, personally, I just love uh, chatting with you. You know, I absolutely adore you. Um, thanks for all your, your, your wisdom. Um, thanks for taking the time today. Um, no problem, anytime. I've already asked Sean if he's going to come back into the spring group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it again him? for sure, whatever you want. <laughs> so Nobody else can will talk back. to me. <laughs> so oh I my God, I love you. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation. Remember that we are also turning this into a podcast that you can listen. Usually we should do a podcast. I have a new podcast that I'm doing. Yeah, we should talk sure. about so many things. We should totally do that. Um, yeah. Sean Rice, uh, we will put the information on where to find uh, Dr. Rice uh, above once we once we get off here. We'll add that information. You can follow him and find him. Um, thank you so much. Um, to everyone watching, thanks for joining us today. Remember, you can find us as a podcast. Have an amazing day, everyone. Bye, Sean. Thank you. See you all the best.